Hello and welcome to the latest Blood Red Liverpool podcast with me, Ian Doyle. Joining me today are not our full-time Liverpool reporter, both home and away, James Pearce. Where is he, Neil? Well, he's not at home, he's, he's away. It's nice for him, he's isn't it? Yeah. Selfish. 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 Yeah. Boston. Indeed, yes. Yeah. Thanks, Christian. Just in case anybody wants to go and track him down. Uh, also not here is our LFC editor, Andrew Kelly. He is also yeah. not in. He's at Crosby. Yeah. Watching horse racing in his boxes. Indeed. But joining me, as you can probably guess from the... Voices are oh, Neil Jones. Hello, Neil. Hello. And Christian Walsh. How do? How do, Christian? Now, the pair of you were not where I was on Saturday, which no. is at my house, obviously, a bit later on. But I was also at Anfield to watch the Liverpool legends take on the Real Madrid legends. I have to say that uh, it was a mildly amusing afternoon, uh, seeing some of the uh, older players, shall we say, uh, looking as though or attempting to uh, show they've still got Careful. it. I mean, in, term, in terms of their actual talent, they've still got it. Maybe the fitness isn't the same. But what was interesting is there were one or two players who pulled on a red shirt who looked as though they could still do a job for Liverpool, starting off with Christian, uh, Mr Steven Gerrard, who uh, three assists and a goal. Yes, yeah, in your fancy football team last weekend, you would have been Christian, <laughs> not I mean, look, the game was played at 10 miles an hour of that. Um, Although it was quite competitive in the first half. It got half. a bit competitive yeah, at the time. Some good challenges. I know we'll probably move on to yeah. Aga, but Aga put in a couple of challenges as well. I just, you know, I've seen calls that this is a, a reason to bring Stevie back into the, into the, into the line up and, and, yeah. and things like that. I can't go quite that far. But well, he was tearing up that uh, training session with the academy last week, wasn't he? He was absolutely banging him in up at Kirby. It's a bit like watching, you know, when you're like a competitive dad playing tennis against his kids <laughs> yeah. and, you know, just blaming aces down the line. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, it shows you that. I, I think I, I've always maintained, this, I think he probably retired a little bit too soon. I think he certainly could have yeah. given something to somebody. Um, he gave something somewhere. to LA Galaxy. Well, he yeah. did. Well, I, I, I Injuries he gave. Can you imagine him up at Celtic? You know, just, I mean, imagine anyone up at Celtic. I think we, we do all right up at Celtic. But imagine Stevie at Celtic. He can play five years up there, winning, winning everything. You know, maybe scoring the odds, old firm goals to go with everything. But Christian's right; he's uh, he's he's still got it. He has. He did. I wouldn't say he took the game seriously, but he was clearly determined to. He wanted his goal by the end, didn't he? You could tell he was, <laughs> he was, he was quite keen on it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He wanted the pen, and then he had the, the shot from thirty yards, which, yeah. let's be honest, he should have done better yeah, from that range. No, he did not. Uh, but as Christian mentioned, Neil, Daniel Agger was one who, I think, is he still only 32 years 32. old? 32. Same, age, same yeah. age as me, would you believe, Daniel Agger? Looking a little, at bit, you, little bit older, no. a few months older. I think, no. um, yeah, he's another one, isn't he? But I think people would say he retired too soon, albeit for a different reason than Stephen. He, he obviously down to his, his body and, and the toll that injuries have taken on it. But a uh, very classy player, and it was, it was nice to see him back in Anfield. I think he was uh, he's someone that... He, some players, I mean, Daniel Sturridge is one, isn't he, that misses a lot of games through injury and doesn't get a lot of sympathy. I think Daniel Agger did get a lot of sympathy when he missed games and he, he he's always had that decent relationship with the fans, so it was nice to see him. Um, you know, Steve McManaman, I think you put in your player ratings, didn't you, Doyley, that it was just like watching Steve McManaman, but a bit slower. Yeah, he was, he was he on. He, just, exactly he basically played way. exactly the same way. Just ran yeah, at the man the same. You know, well, he just didn't move. Yeah, he just didn't move from a little five-yard circle. Yeah. yeah, no, but it was it was lovely, lovely, uh, lovely day had by all. I think you even got a bit of a bit of sunburn on your on your bounce, didn't you? Uh, no, that does that does not happen. Uh, Christian, just go back to Danny Lager though. Do you think he could still actually do a job for Liverpool? No. <laughs> yeah, no, you know you said Gerard, yeah, and now you've said Daniel Agger. No, I just said Gerard couldn't. Oh, okay, you couldn't wait me wrong. I don't think Gerard could. I don't think Daniel Agger could. I think 
ultimately the, the the issue with Daniel Lager is that he's he's Made fragile. Glass, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's, he's he's fragile. There's there's no no amount of talent could could you know compensate for the for the fact that he can't deal with the demands of you know let alone Premier League football, Danish Super League, Tra- or training as well. You know, daily mm. training. Yeah, he, he, yeah, it's it's a very sad case, but sometimes people just aren't physiologically built to to be footballers at a certain point to be high class athletes and although he's got all the football ability in the world clearly still I mean I personally thought he was always maybe a little bit overrated when he played for Liverpool no, um, not too <laughs> <laughs> but, but you know he's still, still a good defender um, you know still still you know was a miss when he when he left but he just, you, you know if you think that like Matip and Lovren miss a lot of games he, he wouldn't he wouldn't play a game nowadays especially on the clock well I was about to say Neil that it's just as well Liverpool have moved on from yes. bringing in <laughs> centre backs that pick up injuries and are just yeah. out for weeks on end yeah two of them two of them in the side and one of them out on loan um, we talked about that in the past haven't we you know I think goalkeeper centre backs holding midfield players you really you really can't afford to have players who miss games and Aga would have played about 200 games for Liverpool should have played a lot more, really. You know, had the opportunity to play a lot more, had he been fit. And um, the other one, I noticed you said could still do his job was Phil Bab, who was um, marauding up that left I wing. may, I may have been slightly uh, taking the piddle. What a ball he put in for. Uh, for but I don't remember ever playing left back for Liverpool. Although, although to miss at the back post. Well. Yeah. Although he got his goal, didn't he? And he then he just thought that then, was enough. And then then he decided just... to ruin his legs <laughs> for the next five minutes. To be fair, he is nearly ninety now. I've just just spoken to John actually. The he, um, he's still recovering. He said he said he couldn't have done any longer. But I think um, of all the people on that pitch, maybe he was the one who was uh, had the biggest smile of all. I think at the final whistle, he was absolutely made up, and you can understand why. He, he said today, he said, you know, my grandkids have finally got to see me score at Anfield in colour, <laughs> which I think was a nice way of putting it. There was one final point on this game. There was one other player who, for both sides, was taking it super seriously, and that was Yerzy Dudek. Uh, and has, has, there ever, has there ever been a goalkeeper, by the way, who's played that many minutes in front of the cop in the game? Because he played the whole of the first half as Liverpool's goalkeeper, and the second half he played half of that as Real Madrid's <laughs> goalkeeper. Quiz question, though. Yeah. Although it wouldn't, I don't think it would qualify no, it as a quiz question. Um, Everything's a quiz question. The, but I think Dudek probably is the answer. How long was he in, in, in front of the cop? That eight Chelsea two thousand five game. It just felt like that. It just felt, yeah, like, felt like it. Yeah, it, felt like it. it was only six minutes more. He did. He did no, play I, well, didn't well, he? Well, what about Mignolet for that penalty shootout against Middlesbrough? That was uh, that was going on for a good seven hours, wasn't it? That, yeah, I remember that. that. Yeah. One, yeah, he, he went just, again. And yeah. again, I also love the fact that Duzek ran out for uh, for Real Madrid legends after two games. Although Edwin Congo, of course, yeah. had never played, but yeah. then went out with Carrigan and, and the Kaiser and like that. He did. Steve McManaman, another one, as you mentioned there, played for both. You, you said in your name, it was just like old times. He even, he even swapped sides uh, for nothing. Yes. Halfway <laughs> through his career, yeah. yeah. I, don't, no, I don't like to give you praise, but it wasn't a bad line. And the Michael Owen booze, again. Yeah, Which I think I think it's starting to get a bit out. No, I think it's starting to get himself aware of the booze. I think, I think, I think it was a joke. It was a bit of a joke. When he scored, when his name got read out, there was a. But then when he he did a good pass early on and there was big cheers for him when he got the ball yeah. and then when he scored it was like yeah yeah and then they realised he'd scored because there was about seventeen number tens on at that time so <laughs> it took a little bit of time to work out we'd actually scored and then he was, yeah bit a bit, bit of a grumble but then it was uh, but it was there um, there was 50, nearly fifty four thousand there the game Christian which is Anfield's biggest crowd since nineteen seventy seven now well, only I was born then and I even I don't remember that but is this kind of a sign that perhaps this kind of legends game. People want to see more of it. Not like loads and loads of games, but 
once, maybe twice a year. Well, me, me and Neil went to the uh, the All Stars game as well. Uh, Gerard versus Carragher, and um, that was that was that was a really good occasion as well. I think it's nice just to certainly in international weeks. Let, let's face it, many many Liverpool fans couldn't give to yeah. hoots about we'll come on to that in a bit. about international football. It's a chance to raise money for charity. It's a chance to, do you know what? And and this is to the detriment of the club, really. I know they tried. They are trying to to rectify this slightly with some of the initiatives, but it's a chance to get a lot of younger, as the younger crowd into Anfield. And you know, it's not the same as going to a Premier League game or a European game, but it does get a, a different um, a different demographic in, into Anfield and gets them gives them a chance to experience it for the first time, or certainly. You know, very fleeting uh, opportunities to experience it. So it's good for that reason. There's enthusiasm around it, and you know, if, if the bills good, like a boxing match, you know, if the undercard and the bills good or whatever, you know, if there's good people on show, then what's the harm? Can't show. Can't show. also led to high pitched, high pitched screams as well. Yes. Cheers. Yes. It, it opens the doors, doesn't it? And uh, all those, go back to all those. It's only you speaking to Butchergeno and um, Michelle Salgado after the game, and they were like. You know, waxing lyrical about the fact that you get fifty-three thousand, fifty-four thousand. That I'm feel for a group of you know, aging, old blokes, aging yeah, footballers. Yeah. yeah, you know, just having one last hurrah or you know that kind of thing. Um, but he he mentioned the word marking too, and he said you know it's nice that people just from you know who maybe wouldn't have played at Anfield or been to Anfield can come and see it and see what a wonderful place it is. Just down the line, it, you know, if you've got Michelle Salgado who. Speaks to a young Spanish player or whatever, and he says, "Oh, you know, we've got interest from a few clubs, maybe got Liverpool involved. You know, you've got more chance of Michel Salgado saying, I tell you what, you want you want to try and go into Anfield. It's something special. You know, I only played there, and this, you know, just little things like that. I think it's good to open the doors for the for the uh, to the ground and get people through the doors. Only a five, wasn't it? In especially an international break when you know we all miss football, don't we? And we all want to sort of, you know." Do you mean Premier League football? Well, no, it's not football. International football is not football. I watched Scotland last night. It was it just... Well, Scotland won. Scotland won, they're yeah. Whoever they were playing against, I mean, you were not playing but, football. But, you know, it just, it just isn't... It's just not the same. And, I, you know, I don't care. You can say... 77,000 at England's game. I know, I'll pour them. <laughs> but you, you, that's it. You, you know, you, that, people say that and say 77,000 and tournament football brings out interest, and it does. But in terms of... In terms of club versus international football there is no comparison and there never will be from now on and the other thing as well Christian for the people who went not so much the youngsters but some of the older people who, who were the Liverpool fans for many years probably might have never seen Luis Figo play or Roberto Carlos play, play. it's a chance for them as well wasn't it yeah the, the Real team had a very a very nice uh, superstar feel to him you know there was a few players who came on I've never heard of to be honest and you know, we tried to go through the squad, didn't we? And some of them, you're like, oh, I don't remember him. And the keeper was the one who was before Casilla, so it was all very, you know. But a bit like Liverpool, you've got to swell it out with those sort of players. Figo, Seydorf, Butchaguino. There was a... Roberto Carlos. Roberto Carlos, you know, Marianne yeah. says. It's good. He did. Yeah. Took it with a plum more than the other two when he was in red shirt, <laughs> to be honest. Um you know, it was, it was a couple. Of, it was nice to see that Ruben Della Red scored yeah. as well. He had obviously had to. I think he had to retire, didn't he, due to heart uh, difficulties? So nice to see him get on the score sheet. And you know, it's it's Real Madrid. It's, it's you know, would have been nice to see Zidane. Would have been nice to see uh, you know Ronaldo, Beauty, and <laughs> yeah, players like Beckham. that. Well, Beckham, yeah, certainly. We've seen him. We've seen him. But uh, it's it, you know, it's a bit like 
all these games, if you get the right names, it's, it's, it's worthwhile. Exercise. It will be the same playing Charlton's Legends. Well, there's no offense to them. Rufus Brevis. Alan Seamanson played for Charlton. A bit before your time, though. Jason Yule. Um, Patrick Berg will be gutted, won't he, with that golf injury that he picked up <laughs> on, uh, on Friday <laughs> if yeah, ever, over, if over ever, on Hoylake. If ever there was something that was inevitable, it was Patrick Berg being ruled out through injury. After the game, Stephen Gerrard got named man of the match for, for some reason, I wonder why. Uh, but he dedicated the game to uh, to Ronnie Moran, who obviously passed last week. You know, they, we, we often say that certain players are legends for you know doing certain things, but in terms of Liverpool, he actually was a, a genuine legend, and perhaps the word legend isn't enough to, to describe exactly what he did. You know, he was a, a captain, you know, player captain, physio, yeah. coach, assistant manager, uh, caretaker manager he's a couple of times. Division, yeah. He's won the first division. Led them out of a cup final, yeah. and he, so he, he knew all the ins and outs, and it, the amount of tributes from former players... Um, even from some of the present players as well, we know the impact that Ronnie Moran's had on the club. I mean, yeah. it's been a sad time, but it's also been one, you know, a chance to look back at what he did and what his influence was. Yeah, most definitely, and uh, sort of fitting in a, in a way. You know, I'm sure there'll be a tribute before the derby on Saturday, and you know, a very uh, a very well respected one because Everton have, have given a lot of very heartfelt and genuine tributes themselves. You know, Peter Reid, uh, I did Kevin Rackdust column last week, and he spoke very highly of. Ronnie Joe Royal as well, um, but I think it was almost fitting that the first chance they got to pay tribute publicly, the club, so many of the players on the on the pitch were, were associated with Ronnie. Yeah. Moran. You think of Ian Rush, you think of um, John Aldridge, obviously, um, you know Robbie who, who came there, Alan Kennedy was there, you know, Cara, Cara, yeah, Ian Rush, yeah, you know, you know players from from a, an era that understands really, not just. Not just sort of as heard of what Ronnie Moran was like. They've 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 um, felt his presence and it, you know his impact of the club, and it was nice. I think I think Stephen you know, said some very nice things at the end and said you know it gives a little bit of comfort to the family who are obviously you know suffering. It, it, it sounds it sounds trite, but I think it will. And, and in fact, I know it will because I, I've spoken to one of the members of the family who said it was a you know it was a lovely a lovely gesture and one that was appreciated. Um, He's still Liverpool, isn't he? You know, he, he's just. Well, in terms of his longevity as longevity, well, like forty-nine years. I mean, I think Jan Jan Morby sums it up best in his column. He said, he said, yeah, he's, he said he's forty-nine years at Liverpool, but basically gave his life to the club. Mm. He said he was at Melbourne's every day, you know, for years after he retired. You know, first thing he wanted to know was how Liverpool were doing, and first thing he wanted to talk about was Liverpool. And yeah, I think um, I think I'd echo echo the sentiments of some. Simon Hughes was one from the Independent who said. I think there should be a permanent honour towards Ronnie Moran. You know, you think of the Shankly Gates and the Paisley Gates. I think Ronnie Moran is at least as deserving of some sort of permanent tribute at Anfield or Melbourne or the new training ground as, as anyone. Christian, at the, the weekend, speaking of Ronnie Moran, um, on the radio there was an interview with Kevin Keegan and he was talking about the influence that he had in his career. He, he, he mentioned a couple of stories. One of them was that I think he'd had an injury, I can't remember if it was a calf injury, a hamstring or something like that, and it was decided that Ronnie Moran and Joe Fagan had decided that it was down to his car uh, and the way that his pedals were. And so they went round to his house and they fixed his uh, his pedals on his Capri. <laughs> it's both his gear and his, I don't know, his, his, uh, thing, his clutch and his, uh, his, his accelerator. You know, you can't exactly see you know Jurgen Klopp popping popping down to you know Daniel Sturridge's house and and maybe, sorting maybe, out sorting maybe, out is he perhaps he should maybe he should maybe yeah. he should but he was also asked the question Kevin Keegan about would Ronnie Moran 
uh, be able to produce or coach to the same level in the modern era? And his, his response was, yeah, because he'd adapt. He'd know exactly what it was that was needed. And that's something that, that's how he managed to you know, be at that level for so long. Liverpool were at that level for so long because they were able to adapt to the current trends. That's, that's, the, that, that's the sign of a, a really, really top coach, isn't it? Not someone who, who moves with the times. You know, you think about Ronnie would have been a part of that side who, well, part of the backroom staff, they watched uh, Liverpool get absolutely, you know, humbled by Red Star Belgrade in, in the European Cup in 72, was it? 73, I think it was. 73. And at that point, it was, you know, Shankly... Ronnie, Bob Paisley all, all kind of banged their heads together and says, we, we, we need to change the way we play here because we, we, we can't, you know, that's the way you play, that's the way football's going and if we don't adapt, we will get absolutely blown away and, you know, for the next decade, they, they won, you know, four European Cups, so it just goes to show you that's exactly, you know, not just Ronnie, but the boot room in general, people always think it was this sort of archaic, you know, couple of old fellas having a cup of tea and, and, and well, more of a bevy. <laughs> um, I imagine. I it was a beer. Yeah, it was a beer. A beer. Yeah, a beer. Um, but it wasn't. It was you know the, these these guys were at the head of the game. You know they might have been the greatest sports scientists and they might have had all the pro zone and data that that we have nowadays. But they knew exactly what football was about and, and where it was heading and, and always stayed ahead of the curve. Well, of course, Rob's going to say Ronnie Brown famously wrote down everything that happened yeah. in training. He had his little book. book yeah, you see, yeah. Um, you think you think of when Ronnie Moran started in the sixties, you know, his playing career finished. He'd have been working with Ian St John, Roger Hunt. When he finished, he was working with Michael Owen, Robbie Fowler, young Stephen Gerrard. You know, if you if you if you haven't got it, if you haven't got the ability to to be a chameleon and, and work with different types of players, there's no way Ron. He wasn't kept around at Liverpool because he you know they couldn't get rid of him. He was kept around because he was he was. More than useful, and he was he was needed, and he was necessary. You know, Roy Evans speaks about the fact that they had a blend in in that sort of boot room era. They had Joe Fagan, who was sort of quite um, quite calm and measured, and, and sort of you know almost like the father of the group. He said Paisley was like the the the, the great eye for for the talent, but maybe not the great communicator. Roy was sort of a bit of a, a, a common sense guy who who'd, who'd put an arm around the shoulder, and then Ronnie was just someone who who would who would Demand the higher standards, yeah. yeah. Well, you think of, you think of managers now. You know, you think Simeone. I'd imagine someone like Simeone. I don't imagine he's very quiet on the training ground. I couldn't imagine Mourinho who's particularly sort of um, cuddly in terms of with his players. So you can you can be a, 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 a sergeant major type type character. You just maybe maybe you'd have to tone down some of the some of the. Uh, the, the sort of swearing, the language, the language. Yeah. No, but, you know, I, I'm sure. I, I don't for one second believe. You know, we all the story, every story you hear from old players is a little yeah. bit exaggerated over time. I don't believe for one second that Ronnie Moran wasn't capable of of telling players nice things. You know, Jan Mulvey said one of the nicest compliments he ever had was just unexpected. He said, "I rate you, Jan." He said, "You're a good player." You. He said it was like the first time he'd, he'd said anything nice to him. He said it was about six years since it was Liverpool career. He said, "You know, you'll take that forever." That one of the greatest. So, uh, yeah, listen, great, great football figures will always be great. I think it's also everyone talks about the lack of leaders in Liverpool's team nowadays. You know, he left in 1998, which was pretty much when Steven Gerrard was just coming through. And you could argue Liverpool haven't produced from from the academy a player of not necessarily of that skill or that ilk, but just that sort of heart and desire, you know, you look maybe John Flanagan, but, yeah. you know, someone like that perhaps, but 
by and large, there's there's not been many, and you know maybe maybe that's linked to the fact Trent, that Trent, Trent looks like the one. Mm. Oh, no, he's not. Yeah, no, he's not. Andy would be he'd be proud of you for making he, that comment. He, he will be. Now going from from the sublime to the ridiculous, we touched on it before. International football. I saw a tweet uh, earlier that says it's only 156 or something days to the next international break. Now the international breaks, there's only actually four during a season. That's it. It's one in September, one in October, one in November, and this one that's just been ongoing. It just seems like there's more, doesn't it? Yeah. Yeah. It does. This one seems like there's been about six <laughs> involved. It, it, I think it's just this one. This one's the worst. I think oh, sorry, the two of them, the September one <clears> and this one, are the worst too. Because the September one, the season's only just started, and everyone's just getting into the swing of being back into football, and all of a sudden there's no football, proper football. And this one is like everything's coming to a head. You know, the top four race, the title race, if there is one, the relegation battle, and then all of a sudden you've got to wait for two weeks. The, you know, it doesn't help for all that ITV and Sky try, and, and God bless them, they have to. We know what we've got to, you know, you've got to sell things these days. I don't know. I don't know how you market international football on television. Now, do you feel as though perhaps there's a bit of snobbery going on here? Oh, from 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 ouch. followers, whether it's journalists or it's fans of the bigger clubs, because if you're a fan of I don't know somebody from one of the lower leagues, you got a chance to go to an England game. And you can see these good players, but you get to see them every single week or whenever you go to the game because we cover them, or you're a fan and you go and see them. Um, and you get to see the, the big names of the teams that they play against. Like, I don't know, like it's okay, not Lithuania, but when England play Germany, they play them at home and they play against big teams, Italy, Spain, anything like that. And then when England gets to, as they probably will do, the World Cup, then you get that collective experience that perhaps, if you're a fan of Turkey, you'll never see Turkey play in an FA Cup final or something, but you get to see, join lots of other football fans in watching a team and you've all got this common experience that perhaps Liverpool fans get when they go off to Europe and play Champions League finals or FA Cup finals. Christian, over to you. What <laughs> <laughs> that? So what was the question? <laughs> the question. Oh, the, the other point is: Am is, I a is, snob? Yeah. Are you a snob no, for saying that? I and also, is international football football for footballers as well? Now, the reason I'm asking this is because you know we've all seen Seamus Coleman's injury for for Ireland, and we all wish him wish him all the best. It's a terrible injury. But all the Everton fans are saying, "Oh, this is the this is the you know, we shouldn't have international football." But if you are Seamus Coleman. You're the captain of Ireland, and you are absolutely made up to be going out there and leading your country okay, in a massive I'll, game. I'll, 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 I'll pick you up on this in the sense that... So ignoring the other question. No, 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 because <laughs> the other question is, I don't think he's a snob, because I, I think no, international football is boring. I think... I, and, and, a lot you know, of if, if, if you're a, If you're a Gillingham fan, or if you're a... Yeah, but it's not directly relatable to what we... It's not, it's not snobbery, it's just, it's just, you know, what you can relate to. As in, we we all you know cover Premier League football. Therefore, I'd watch you know Watford versus West Ham just because you know Liverpool or Everton might be playing Watford or West Ham in the next couple of weeks. So you know you might want to have a look at Manuel Lanzini because you might. Whereas Gillingham and Yeovil and come on, I'm really sorry to think Bristol Rovers and all these sorts of teams. I'm really sorry to Yeah, but you know by all means, you know support England. Have, have a lot of fun and, and that's for them, but. Ultimately, that is a, that is a reason why I can't get behind it. It's just because it's a bit of a you know a bit of a small time mentality. What, what about the, the? But it's not yours. Is oh, well, yours no, is a small no, time no, mentality? No, 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 because it's no it's because I'll tell you what. I'll tell it's you not. What, it's, not it's a good debate. I'll I'll you, this is this okay, has made international football interesting. Okay, I tell you what. You get someone. You get a team like. I'm 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 struggling for an example. You get a team like I don't know Barnsley, right? Yeah. 
and they spend. It's not even. It can't be Premier League clubs. You get a team like they Stoke, were in the for Premier example. League. No, no, they were to, at the moment. Team like Stoke, team like Barnsley. Those sorts of those sorts of fan bases. Steven Gerrard turned up to play for Liverpool, or even without nowadays. Liverpool will get the Denver Bar song sung at them. You know, everyone takes the mick out of Steven Gerrard. Have you ever seen Steven Gerrard win a league? Have you not? Yeah. And. There's, and then, but you can guarantee when he put on an English shirt, he was he was top dog. He would, yeah. oh Stevie, we love you, Stevie, and and all but that's that the very nature of football. It's that's got nothing to do with international football. What about? I mean, the other the other argument is, I think the standard. I mean, the the the, the disparity, disparity between. Most games are contests at international football, and you get a few. You know, you get the odd one. Usually, England and then with one decent team, and, and, the, and the big fuss is made about the going to Slovenia. Or the, going well, to the, the reason for that is the way that the, the qualifying yeah. groups are set up now but in the old days. They used to have to used to have to play good teams. Yeah, well, I, I think I think there's an argument to be made to say that they should perhaps be looking to to do some sort of pre-qualifying, for mm. example. For, for you know, look, you, every group's got. Two or three teams that the the best they're gonna do is beat each other and and maybe get one point. And I know I know you get the odd anomaly like Holland not qualifying for the, the last World Cup, perhaps not qualifying for for the, sorry not the last Euros, perhaps not for this World Cup. But generally, it's set up so that the World Cup or the European Championships has the marketable and the big names are playing in it. You know, you, you Germany are gonna get there, Italy are gonna get there, France are gonna get there. If you had a few more qualifiers that had something riding on them, barring, you know, can England avoid the booze at Wembley because they only beat Lithuania two 0 or they only you know, Deli Ali hasn't scored a hat trick or something. In, I think you you get a bit more general interest, and I don't mean I don't mean people turning up because they do still turn up at Wembley, but I mean just it wouldn't feel like such a such a drag an international break. if you had England v Italy. In Rome for a for qualifying. Was, was, yeah, yeah. You know, you had that. I think I think you get a lot more sort of excitement and, and and interest in it as it as it stands. I think it feels to me like it it goes through the motions. International break in terms of analysis and and sort of preview and review. What I would say is that I suppose as football fans in general are quite selfish when it comes to international football because. I saw, you know, this is an Everton example that can certainly work for Liverpool as well. You know, Ross Barkley wasn't mm. in the team and all the Everton fans were tweeting like, oh, thank God for that, you know, made yeah. up he's not playing. Like, Ross Barkley will be good. So the same with Nathaniel Klein. He's confirmed that. You know, um, I, I wish Admiral Arno wasn't in the England squad. Yeah. Well, I, I bet you are. I bet you Admiral Arno wishes he was. You know, as much well, as... Well, good that's what, no, no, but that's what I mean. Like, if he wasn't, he'd be absolutely distraught. And, you know, I am an international football naysayer, um, but at the same time, I can recognise that it means a lot to these players. And I don't necessarily think, yeah, you do want them having a two-week break, that'd be fine. But I think Adam Lallana will be returning to Melwood after two decent performances for England and nice little assist. He'd probably be returning a lot happier than if he sat in Melbourne for the past oh, two weeks. A lot happier than the last international break when he, he got, got himself a little, uh, little injury, didn't he? He did, yes. Now, looking ahead then to the derby... Uh, we can start the looking ahead to it now. Um, what do you want to say about it? I mean, let's face it, we just it's it's here again. We are absolutely. <laughs> oh, that, you're stoked, stoked I know, the, yeah. the fire. Speaking, yeah, speaking well. as speaking as journalists and as hey, journalist yeah. of having uh, covered these games for twenty them. years now, it's like this is the worst bit of the year. Christian I hate them. them. I, I love them. Mate. I don't. I'm not they, a fan. But, do you know? I like. 
I don't like certain things about Liverpool and Everton supported, which so, you know you see more of now because of social media and you see more of the sort of the little petty stuff. But really, I, I I'm still I'm still you know blue sky sunshine and, and things and, and blue sky I, thinking. I like yeah. to think that Liverpool and Everton have got a decent little relationship, supporters wise. You know, I I I know my circle of closest friends are pretty much split 50-50 and you know very rarely does it get beyond anything sort of punching yeah, yeah there's, 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 there's never any biting no I've, I've, I've never landed a punch yeah I've thrown a, I've thrown a couple but never landed one <laughs> um, but but no I, I like to think that there's still a decent sort of rapport between Liverpool and Everton fans I think that that, that always comes out in situations like um, you know the Hillsborough, the Hillsborough situations and, and things where it's more than football. I would hope it comes um, out in the because they'll be tribute to Ronnie Moran. Ronnie Moran, yeah, it's not the same level, of course, but I think a lot of Liverpool fans gave Seamus Coleman a lot of well wish mm. over the weekend. I know it's that, that's not the same level, but it's 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 what I'm getting at. <laughs> I, I like the derby, and I, I think you know I'd have more of them if if I could. You know, I, I'd I'd like to. See, <laughs> I always like to. I always want to see Liverpool Everton drawn together in the FA Cup and the League Cup because I, I, I think. It, it you wanted to be watching the eighties. We play each other every single week. Exactly. I, I wish I wish they'd bring back the screen sports club <laughs> and we could have that charity shield. You know, I, I, everything. I, but Christian's Christian's going to tell me why he hates them. Go on. Well, you know, we all used to support football clubs when we were kids, and I hated them back then. Um, I'm just never, never. I think that yeah, like it's just it's the build up to the derby belly. You know, obviously now it's now we are what we are: neutral, uh, passionless journalists. <laughs> um, <laughs> You've obviously never seen James Pearce in a press box. <laughs> yes. I tell you what, he kept it well together when Manny scored against Everton. He quite made it to the pitch. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he was on Cox's back for two seconds. Uh, but no, you know, it, 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 it's also, it has faded a little bit, but it's just, it's, it's just horrible. It's just a horrible. It's just, I, I can't, the, the text that you get, the, the gloating that you see, I don't like the build-up to it, you know. You, you see it on both sides, you know. Here's a, here's a Are you gift. trying to get some days off? Yeah, pretty yeah. much. Here's a, here's, a, here's a, you know, here's a gift. It's maybe a social media, but, you know, here's a gift of Steven Gerrard going into two-fulls along Gary Naismith. Woo. You know, here's, <laughs> yeah. here's, here's, here's a picture of Franny Jeffers with his hand round Sandra yeah. Westerwell's but, neck. Well in. Isn't, like, that, isn't, that just, isn't that just a bubble of social media in terms of that's just... Yeah, exactly. That's people do that that's for sure. That's not many people, I, I, is it, really? I, I always think of real, real football fans... Don't do the gloating thing. No, because they no, know it's going to turn around. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They, they don't, want it, they don't yeah. want it back on them. So I, I know, I know that you know you get Liverpool Everton fans who the sort of they'll, they'll meet in the pub and it'll just be the sort of the the, the knowing nod of yeah. All right, should we, should we ignore the footy for tonight and just do this? And then you might get next time an argument emerges like, well, we beat you last time, you know. But I don't think I don't I think genuine and real football fans who who know the emotions of football. I think I think. Tend to stay on the level with when it comes to, mm. to derby because, like, like Christian says, you, you, they've been on both ends of it. They've, they've had they've had the ones where it's 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 been round on them. And unlike me, mum, she's absolutely relentless. Really? <laughs> she's, she's, she's she's married to to it. She's she's she's, she's, she's a, doing the half <laughs> She's um, she's a you know very much a vertical Liverpool fan. Um, and she's married to uh, Rob, my stepdad, great fella. He's a he's a he's a blue, 
Um, and she just doesn't understand if Liverpool beats Everton, you do not wind him up over the <laughs> You do. You go, oh, did you see the score, Rob? And he just, he just, <laughs> he just, he just has to sit there and take Go through exactly. He's, he, yeah, he goes out on his bike and never comes back. Uh, so if she's listening, which she isn't, um, <laughs> you know, just, just if, you know, if Liverpool win, the just, 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 just be, just, just be, what just be nice to him. What about you, Maya? I was gonna. Well, I was about to say that I am not really a massive fan of the derby for all the reasons that I said in the beginning. I wasn't a fan when I was growing up. Not I a fan. Karen, not Karen a, Gerard are like you, aren't they? They, they couldn't stand them. Not a yeah, yeah. That's the last first and last time the three of us will get mentioned as, as being Maybe. similar. Um, but I'm gonna ask. I'll ask you, Christian, first, given the fact that you're probably gonna say none. Um, what is your favourite derby memory from? Your many years. I mean, I'm not even sure whether you two were alive when Liverpool last got beat at home by Everton. Were you? <laughs> I was in goal. <laughs> I, I mean, in terms of an occasion, the the semi final in 2012 was pretty pretty incredible when you think about it. There's like the, I know we've just sort of been riffing on, but there's the, the Grand mm. National Day. There's there's you know England's national stadium, eighty thousand people, and it was just one half red, one half blue, and just the occasion in general, just like. I think it was the ultimate sort of. It could have gone either way for both sets of fans. You know that both were so nervous beforehand, and then you you are a goal away from either the best night of your life or the worst night of your life. And you know, as Neil said, it was uh, Grand National Day as well. It was just a real weekend for the for the city to celebrate, and it was just a you know, irrespective of the result, I think the actual occasion of seeing you know Liverpool versus Everton at Wembley in that context, because obviously. Speaking for me, maybe nearly we we didn't you know we missed the ACs in terms of the cup finals and I'm you know, eighty six eighty nine, so it was like a real you know occasion to, to be a part of. Neil, same question to you. What will be your favoured derby memory? Favoured derby memory. Or the memories. Memory. Yeah. I, it sounds like I'm being very um, very professional. He's going to pick a draw. Now, I, am, I am going to pick a draw, but it was a brilliant game. It was it was the. Three three in twenty thirteen. I was going to go for the three. It was three. A, a great day. I think I'm pretty sure I talked about this last. Week. It was it was the same like Carl Froch and George Groves fought in Manchester. And I remember going to going out after it, and everyone saw him at the derby. And then there's this great great fight as well in the evening, boxing fight. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, it was just, it was it was probably and I don't this 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 could be misconstrued, but in my lifetime, Everton have always been. Not trying to get at Liverpool, yeah. trying, trying to grab at Liverpool, and that day it did feel like Everton was sort of were taking on Liverpool from a position where they thought, yeah, we're, we're, we're equals. Obviously, late in the season, it, it, it went a bit, bit pear shaped in that regard, but it was just a really good game, and it was almost one of them games where I think both teams will, they, they should have won it. Everton were ahead with ten minutes to go and didn't win it. Liverpool were two one up, and Joe Allen missed, Joe them missed from, yeah. you know, inside the net. <laughs> and, <laughs> You know there was there was that going on, but I think both teams sort of come away at the end with a lot of respect for each other and thought, you know, that was a good game, that and yeah, I'll take a point out of that. You know, I can I remember speaking to Brendan Rodgers after the game, and he he was he was very much of the opinion that it it was something to be proud of. That that was that, it. Was he going game. was he going for Froch or Groves? Um, I wouldn't know. I wouldn't. <laughs> I genuinely wouldn't know. Um, but that 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 was my memory. The other the other memory I have is Gary McAllister one. Um, for what it what it meant. For in terms of the season, not necessarily for Everton, but certainly for Liverpool, if they'd have drawn that, I can't see that what happened at the end of that season might not have happened in terms of Liverpool and 
be an Easter Monday, be the last minute, and, and the and the goal as well. It was it was just a bit that was a bit special. I think um, I think a lot of lot of lads of my generation who grew up supporting Liverpool will will have that as one of their great games. I mean, obviously, I'm a bit, little bit older than you two. I mean, the first game I ever went to was a derby. Nil, nil, March, the, yeah, March the 19th, 1983. Sort of, sort of, sort of yeah, I was going to say, nil, nil. But, I mean, the two, the two that I'd have to say, I mean, I was at the final in 89, which obviously, for a lot of reasons, was, was an emotional occasion and memorable and, and, and all of that. That was something that, obviously, you know, it was a one-off. It was, yeah, that was, it was one of those occasions. But in terms of the actual game itself, I was at the 4-all in the FA yeah. Cup, which... To this day, still my favourite game I've ever been to. I went to my first game later that season. It was the first game I think I'd ever, I'd ever watched where it was like, I didn't, still didn't know the score. And in them days, it was on yeah. sports night or yeah, it was on sports night on a Wednesday night. Yeah. Like, you stayed up late to watch almost, and it was like, what, what's going on? Wow, wow, why did he keep? The thing about that game in? is that Liverpool scored four great goals, and Everton scored four. From their point of view, it was brilliant goals, but from yeah. Liverpool's defensive point of view, terrible goals. I mean, Liverpool's goals, I think. None of them ever could have done really done much more in terms of defending, but Liverpool well, well, gifted. First one. Oh well, the, they did clear it off the line. They did clear it off the line. Yeah. To be fair. Well, it must be the only derby that's had a nil nil, a one one, a two two, a three three, and a four four. Yeah. Get your money on five or one on Saturday. Mm, really? No. No. We'll probably get Andy to do that. <laughs> yeah. Same one. Get Andy's money on five or. No, just quickly. If that if that happened, I'd be booking a two week holiday. Just had to book one now before the game. Right. Bring the rotor into this. <laughs> right, I think that should do us. Uh, join us later this week where we may have something special planned. Cheerio.